Welcome back to the Chris Gates Fitness Podcast. I am your host. My name is Chris. Thank you so much for joining me here today on the episode. I'm super excited to dive into today's topic, which is how often should you rest from weight training? We're going to talk about um, a really crucial element to any training program, which is actually the non-training side of things, right? We focus so much on, okay, I got to do this many sets for this many reps with this much weight, blah, 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 on and on and on. And yeah, that stuff is incredibly important. Without that, um, you're not likely to make changes in your body composition, build muscle, build strength, all that good stuff. But at the same time, if you are not allowing your body the time that it needs to recover, then you're leaving out a huge piece to the puzzle. Because if you think about it, how much time do you spend in the gym each week as opposed to how much time you don't spend in the gym? Um, the gym is important, but all those things you do outside of the gym are equally as important. And giving your body rest is something that a lot of people struggle with, quite frankly. So we're going to outline uh, a lot of the things that are important, what you should be focused on, and quite specifically, how often should you rest uh, from weight training. So I'm excited to dive into it. Real quick before we do, uh, since you're listening right now, if you have not already subscribed to the podcast, I would love for you to do so. This podcast is anywhere that you are able to listen to podcasts. So whatever platform you're on, please uh, hit subscribe, hit follow, follow along. And uh, if you like what you hear and can leave a five-star rating and a review, that really helps me reach more people with the podcast. So I, I would appreciate uh, you taking a couple of minutes to do that if uh, it's uh, something that you're able to do. So thank you for that in advance. Um, and also I am a online fitness coach. So if you are interested in getting help with some type of fitness goal that you may have, I'll tell you specifically what I work with a lot of people on, uh, building muscle, burning body fat, developing more confidence, feeling healthier and more athletic. These are the things that me and my clients work on every day, every week, every month. And if that's something that you are interested in working on for yourself and you would like a little bit of help, well, that's what I do. So you can find all the information about my coaching, chrisgatesfitness.com. And if you're interested, uh, fill out an application. There will also be links in the show notes to this episode. Uh, I would love to hear from you and talk more about your goals. So, okay, with all that said, let's dive into the topic of today's episode. Like I said, how often should you rest from weight training? Um, this is crucial. It's crucial to making progress with weight training. You know, if your goal, it's specifically if your goal is to build muscle, build strength, but also, you know, even if you have a weight loss goal or something like that, um, the recovery aspect time to rest and recover is still crucial to making the adaptations in your body composition that you're looking for. So um, if you put in all those hours in the gym each week to make change, some type of change in your body, you want to see results, right? Uh, if you're struggling to see progress, if you ever have struggled to see progress in the past, um, and if you don't have any type of plan for sleep and you're seeing those struggles, it's time to understand right now uh, that rest is an absolutely crucial piece to the puzzle of your training program. Um, so in this podcast episode, I'm going to walk you through everything you need to know about how often you should rest from weight training. Um, we're going to start by talking about the demands of weight training and why your body needs rest. Cause that's an important, that's important background information for us to go over. And then once we cover that ground, we'll discuss specific recommendations on how much you should rest and why. So 
With that said, let's dive in and talk about how hard you should train. If you're training hard, it's going to take a toll on your body and you need to train legitimately hard to make changes in your body. So uh, over time, you're going to notice that you're going to get tired, you're going to get fatigued, and you're probably going to need a little bit of rest. Um, To be clear, you shouldn't be training as much as possible and as hard as you possibly can each and every session uh, and each and every week and each and every month to make progress. Uh, You know, there, there, there does need to be some... I guess, logical approach to your training where you're not just training to failure on everything all the time, doing as much as humanly possible, because that's not, (laughs) that's not going to work out. That's a quick way to burn yourself out. And it's not really necessary. You know, you can train close to failure and get just as good of results as, and probably better results than if you were, you know, running yourself into the ground and training to failure on every exercise that you do. Uh, but you, you know, you do need to assert yourself and and make each exercise that you do and each training session that you do feel hard. Uh, training needs to be hard so that you force your body to build muscle, build strength, adapt to what you're doing and grow. If you're not challenging your body, if you're not doing things that are hard in the gym, well, then your body's not going to really have anything that it feels like it needs to adapt to. That's the whole point of it. In order to create adaptations, uh, from strength training, from from lifting weights, uh, like building muscle and building strength, you need to give your body a stimulus that forces it to grow. You need to go into the gym, train hard enough that your body says like, oh, wow, that was difficult. And if we're going to do this again, I need to adapt in order to be able to handle it better the next time we do this. Um, so you can't just go through the motions, um, lift weights, pick them up, put them down, and not really experience any type of challenge um, because if you do that, you're not going to cause any type of growth at all. Uh, but if you're regularly taking your sets to within a few reps of failure, which that is what I recommend to everybody, and all of your sets you should be lifting within a few reps of failure, um, and lifting with adequate, adequate training volume, you'll be taking care of a lot of the necessary items for muscle growth. So here are a few quick recommendations, quick guidelines that I think, you know, if you want to grow muscle, if you want to build strength, if you want to make some type of change with your body through strength training, these are some guidelines that you can use right now that will probably help you a ton. So we've mentioned intensity here already. Lift with adequate intensity. What that means is take your sets, each and every set, uh, and let's be clear. I don't mean warm up sets, but I do mean like, okay, you warm up and you get to whatever that weight is that you're going to be lifting for three or four sets of eight to 12, whatever it ends up being. We're not talking warm up sets, but those working sets take each and every one of those within one to four reps of failure, each and every one of them. Uh, for sets, so for training volume, uh, you should be doing somewhere between 10 to 20 sets per week. Make them hard, right? Make all those sets go within one to four reps of failure uh, and do somewhere between 10 to 20 of those sets per muscle group each week, okay? And if you're less experienced, you should be on the low end of that. If you're more experienced, you can potentially be on the higher end of that if you need it. Um, it's really, you know, kind of gets person specific, but a lot of the research that's out there suggests if you're in that 10 to 20 range for the vast majority of people, that's what's going to work best. Um, and then focus on progressive overload over time. Progressive overload means you're increasing some type of variable, 
uh, session to session. So this could be adding some sets to different exercises, adding even just one rep to an exercise as compared to the previous week. That is progressive overload. That is a performance improvement or adding weight. I think that's the most common one people understand is like, yeah, if I'm adding weight to the exercises I'm doing, that's progressively overloading me over time because I'm loading more and more weight to the exercise. Uh, so those are important guidelines. And like I said, that's, that's information that I think is really going to help you first and foremost, make sure what you're doing in the gym is going to create the change in your body that you want. Because, uh, you know, if you're not training hard enough, then we're missing the first piece of the puzzle. So, the demands of weight training. I outlined all of what I just said to explain this to you because when weight training is done properly, it's exhausting. So if you have step one taken care of, step two, you're probably going to get pretty tired eventually. Uh, it's tiring. You feel it. Um, it could be you know muscle soreness that you have after certain workouts or it could just be overall fatigue as the week goes on and you do various strength training sessions and you kind of accumulate fatigue as the week goes on, um, you'll, you'll notice the demands of strength training in some way, weight training in some way, if you're doing it right. Um, so let's first and foremost talk about muscle soreness because that's, I think, probably the most common form of fatigue that, that people think of. It's probably the most widely understood too, right? Because if you go into the gym and you train hard, you're probably going to experience some muscle soreness in the next one to two days following that training session. And if you're relatively new to weight training, uh, sometimes the soreness can last even longer. And sometimes the soreness, depending on how much work you do, can end up being pretty vicious. So what that soreness is, there's a name for it. It's called DOMS, D-O-M. S, and that stands for delayed onset muscle soreness. Um, there's a lot of factors that go into what causes the soreness. Um, a, a good majority of it is probably related to muscle damage that happens when you lift weights. You know, part of lifting weights and, and causing growth is you create these microscopic muscle tears in your muscles for, for whatever you're training um, that your body repairs. And by repairing them, they tend to grow. Um, so that comes from hard weight training. There's also an inflammatory response that your body has in response to those uh, muscle tears. Um, the only one thing that's going to re- reliably alleviate that pain is going to be adequate rest and, and multiple days of it. So that's where that soreness comes from. Um, and so, like I said, you're going to need adequate rest to alleviate that pain. You're going to need to, once you train hard, you have that muscle soreness, you're going to need to rest those muscles in order to let them recover, uh, before you can train them again. Now that's not to say you need to take multiple days of rest after each strength training session that you do. Uh, more so what I mean is that if you hit one specific muscle group or a few specific muscle groups. For instance, if you do like a push day and you're training chest, shoulders, and triceps, you're typically, you're going to need to give those muscle groups probably 24 to 48 hours of rest in order to allow for recovery. And and while those muscle groups are resting, you could train different muscle groups. Uh, So you could do pulling exercises like a back and biceps, or you could do lower body while you're uh, recovering your chest, shoulders, and triceps. 
Um, so those are some concepts and we'll go into in a few minutes here, uh, more specifically how like a training schedule might be mapped out for you. Um, so there's the muscle soreness DOMS. We went over that. In addition to that, you can also potentially experience something that's called central nervous system fatigue or CNS fatigue. You may see it referenced as that as well. This comes from doing a lot or potentially too much of weight training. And it essentially means that your brain becomes less efficient at actually sending signals to your body and to your muscles to perform the exercises. Now, this is a much more serious form of fatigue. It's not not as common as, hey, I I lifted and my muscles are sore. Um, But it is a clear sign that you're overtrained and you need to take a break. And it's something that's good to be aware of. Um, So this type of fatigue probably means you need to take a break from training entirely. Whereas, you know, before I said, if you have muscle soreness, Let's give those muscle groups a couple days to rest, but we can train other muscle groups. In this type of situation, if you have CNS fatigue, real real CNS fatigue, you should probably take a break from training entirely as opposed to just resting those specific muscle groups. Um, So these are the types of things that your body may or may not deal with when you strength train. Um, And we can manage all of that by kind of just responsibly approaching your training and your rest and recovery. So that's where we land on on the goal of this podcast episode, right? How often should you rest from weight training? Well, here are a few clear signs that maybe you're not resting enough and you need to add more rest and recovery into your routine, okay? So I'm gonna run through a bunch of different items and if any of these stick out to you, then that's great. Maybe we've identified that like, hey, you need to take a little bit of rest or you need to just reevaluate how your program is put together so that you're getting more rest and you're not experiencing some of these symptoms. So the first one would be if you have high levels of muscle soreness after your workouts that last 48 hours or more. Um, I think it's normal for you to have muscle soreness for one to two days after a training session. If it's going for three to four, so we go back to like if you did that chest, shoulders, and triceps routine and you are still sore three or four days after you did it, Uh, You probably did too much in that session. You did so much that it's taking your body that much longer to recover from it. Um, So that's one thing. It's like, okay, in that situation, you should probably rethink how much training volume you're actually doing. Um, But then that's also a sign, okay, right now, you need to continue resting. Um, if you feel sluggish when you're training, that's typically a sign that like, you know, maybe the training is, is making you tired, uh, and you've accumulated a lot of fatigue. And then it could also be things from outside of training in your life that have you just feeling sluggish and all of these things combined, have you tired? Uh, that's a legitimate reason to, uh, think about adding more rest and recovery into your routine. If you feel sluggish and tired when you're not training. So same thing, if you're just like, walking around the house or like you don't even want to walk around the house. You're so tired. Hey, that's, that's a sign that, uh, you might need more rest and recovery. And it kind of associated with that. If like when you're moving around, you slip or you trip, you knock things over. You're just generally not as sharp while you're completing your regular daily activities. There's a sign. If you're losing the motivation to train, you know, it, it, that's, you don't want that. That's that sign that's like you're approaching burnout. If you're losing the motivation to train, we want to train consistently. Uh, if your workouts are feeling like they're almost too hard to complete, that's a great sign. It's not great, but that's a sign for you. Uh, if you have nagging, aches, and pains, that one's pretty obvious. If you're having trouble sleeping, like if you're if you've accumulated so much fatigue, you think like I'm so tired from training, I'll I I, I just can't stop sleeping. It's actually the opposite. You may 
uh, hurt your ability to get quality sleep at night. And then also if you've plateaued with your training. So if like you've been training for eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 weeks, and the last three or four weeks, you haven't made any progress at all. You're trying to do progressive overload, but your body just can't handle it probably means you need to take a little bit of rest so that you can recover fully and then get back at it to train hard. Um, those are some very common reasons. And, and to be clear, you don't need to be experiencing all of those. If you're experiencing uh, even one or two, uh, that may be enough of a sign to say, shut things down and rest and rethink your training plan, how much rest you're allowing yourself to have and um, and all that good stuff. So, so it doesn't have to be, okay, I checked off every single one of those, then I need to take more rest. It's, it could be any one of those things or, uh, several, um, and in general, if you're following some type of traditional training split, like a push pull leg split, an upper body, lower body split, if you're doing body split, body parts specific training, really anything, it's going to be important to give each muscle group one to two days of rest before training it again. Um, in most cases, right. And we're talking about, I'm not, you know, there are some athlete specific situations where this may not apply, or if you're training for something specific that this may not apply, but like generally speaking for the average, you and I going into the gym, one to two re- days of rest after training a muscle group is typically best. Um, and that's assuming that you're training adequately hard and with sufficient training volume. And that goes back to those guidelines that we, we already ran through. Um, so again, the chest, shoulders, and triceps routine, if you do that on Monday and you hit all those points, we're like, yeah, we're, we're hitting all of the uh, guidelines for training hard enough. Your best move is probably going to be to give those muscle groups until at least Wednesday or Thursday before you train them again. And, And luckily it's pretty easy to space out your training in a way that promotes, getting in enough volume, getting in enough intensity, and also getting in enough rest and recovery. Um, If you want to, I'll run you through here a week uh, concept of a week, how a week could look for you with a training program. Um, And if you want to read more about this, there's a link to to an article on this very topic uh, that's on my website. So you can click on that, look at this framework, reference it, and if it helps you build out your own program, then that's great. Uh, but that'll be linked in the show notes here. Uh, but here's an example. So seven day week, Monday through Sunday, uh, Monday, you could do chest, shoulders, and triceps, which means your back and your biceps and your lower body, all the other muscle groups are resting. So then on Tuesday, you can hit back and biceps and allow your chest, shoulders, and triceps to rest. Then on Wednesday, you can hit lower body, which means your entire upper body is resting. Thursday, you could go ahead and hit your entire upper body. So this would be the fourth day of strength training. You could hit your upper body. So that would be chest, shoulders, triceps, back, and biceps, and let your lower body rest. And then we'll flip-flop. On Friday, you can train your lower body and let your upper body rest. It's an easy way to alternate your workouts so that while one muscle group is working, another one is resting. You're providing all the muscle groups enough training intensity in the gym, but also enough time to rest and recover outside of the gym. Um, really simple, really simple way to, to set it up. And then Saturday and Sunday could be rest days entirely so that your entire body can rest. You'll be able to get uh, all recovered to hit it again on Monday with that same routine. Um, and let's talk about that actually for a second. The weekend includes two full rest days. That's important to discuss for, from a variety of perspectives. It's important, in my opinion, to give your body multiple days away from training each week. Training isn't 
Training every day is not necessary. A lot of people think more if, if some is good, more is better. And like there's a lot of gray area in there. Um, training every day is not necessary. It's exhausting. It creates more of that fatigue and all those ways we talked about earlier. So over time, it becomes harder and harder and harder for your body to recover, which means you're just going to plateau quicker or you're going to get injured or you're going to burn out. Like it's just not a good situation. I would not recommend training every day. So taking full rest days, we had that situation where I said, like, you're going to train a muscle group while having another muscle group rest. That's great. But also taking full rest days where you're not going into the gym, you're going to help your body fully recover each week. It's also going to need, give you a mental break. You detox mentally from the gym for a couple of days so that when Monday rolls around, you're excited to get back into the gym. You're not dreading going back into the gym. Doing those, Doing things on those full rest days that you enjoy outside of the gym is going to make you more excited to get back into the gym and train when the time comes for you to train again. Um, so that, that's a really important concept to, to understand. And, and when you have a full rest day, you can still be active. You can go for a walk or a jog or a bike ride. Uh, just stay away from the weights, but you can do something as long as you're not like maxing out on hit training on your rest days, you could do leisurely exercise activities still get a little bit of a sweat in, still get a little bit of blood flow going on. That's, that's actually really good for recovery, but, uh, you're not, you're not exhausting your body and, and you're giving yourself that mental and physical break. So uh, let's talk specifics. Now, how often should you rest from weight training? We've mentioned the word plateau quite a bit throughout this article. Um, and, and, and I want it to serve as a motivating factor for you to get more rest because like I just said, if some is good, more must be better. Eh, actually, no. Um, often people, though, are afraid to take rest, take rest days because they fear losing all their progress. They think they, <clears throat> if they, they trained hard for five days and then they take a day off, all the good work they did over those five days is going to just go out the window, and that's not how it works. Or you think, like, if I take two days off or if I take two days off during the week or more, you won't make progress. You'll just stay stagnant. And and you need to be we need to be extremely clear about this. You will not lose progress by taking rest days. In fact, you will actually experience more progress by taking rest days. Um, if you don't take regular rest days, that plateau word, you're eventually gonna plateau or you're gonna get hurt or you're gonna burn out. So hopefully I've helped convince you of enough to know that rest is critical and beneficial. Um, so that's, that's your first action item, just accepting that rest days are okay. Beyond that, here are a few things that you can use to make sure you're prioritizing recovery as part of your entire fitness journey. We talked about this before. Give each muscle group at least 24 to 48 hours to rest and recover from a training session. And you can still train the other muscle groups, but give those muscle groups one to two days. Take two to three full rest days each week as well where you're not weight training at all. You can still do those leisurely activities. You can still be active, but let's stay away from the weights. And then I would say every four to eight weeks, take a full deload week. And what that means is you take a week where you still train, you still exercise, you still go through essentially the same schedule, but you pull back on the, the intensity and the volume considerably 
to allow your body to have some active rest. And I've written a separate article on the importance of deload weeks. I'm not going to dive into that too in depth because that's ground we've covered before on the podcast as well. In the article, how often should you rest from weight training? I link to that article about deloads if you want to lose more, or if you if you want to learn more uh, about how that works. But it's it's a week of time where you scale back training volume and intensity dramatically in order to promote recovery. So that's it. Make sure you're resting in addition to training hard. So make sure you're training hard enough. That's important. And then once you're training hard enough, understand that there's also rest and recovery that's extremely important for you if you want to continue making progress with rate training. I hope this helped. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Thank you so much for joining me. I love putting these together and I look forward to the next one. But like I said, if you liked what you heard, make sure you subscribe, leave a rating, a review. Uh, and if you're interested in getting some coaching for your fitness journey, whether it be building strength, building muscle, uh, developing more confidence, burning fat, all that good stuff. ChrisGatesFitness.com. I would love to talk to you about your goals. All right. Thanks so much. I'll talk to you next time.